Hello and welcome to the Particular Baptist Podcast. I am Daniel Vincent here with Sean Cheatham. You can find us in other podcasts at reformpodcast.com. Also check out our blog at theparticularbaptist.net. Um, and we have an announcement for today. Uh, we are going to be going live on Patreon today. Um, there'll be more information coming out this afternoon um, as we actually go live with the page and, and that information comes out. But be on the lookout on our social media uh, sites for um, our information on our Patreon page. We've been planning this for a bit now, um, and we think it's it's a good time to start doing it. Um, so head on over to our social media pages later on this afternoon, and you'll be able to see information on that and a link to the page as well. So more info to come, but that is coming out today. Um, but with that, we'll dive right into our topic. Um, we're going to be continuing our series through Prager's series on the Ten Commandments, or on the Fourth Commandment. Um, I don't know, Sean, because he his numbering was off, right? He, he called them the Ten Sayings, but he numbered them differently. So this is probably, what, like five? The Fifth Commandment? Oh, maybe? yeah, I think so. Something yeah. Like that. Yeah. Um, so we'll be talking about the Sabbath day. Um, now, it's interesting, Sean and I were talking beforehand, uh, there's really not a whole lot we disagree with with him in terms, at least in principle, um, in terms of the Sabbath should be kept. Um, but his application of it is where we would disagree. Um, and then, you know, him being from a Jewish uh, background as well, he's not going to have um, an understanding of uh, Sabbath being on the first day of the week. He would likely take Saturday as the Sabbath because that's the Jewish Sabbath. Um, it was Christians who changed the Jewish Sabbath on Saturday to the first day of the week um, as they saw fit to do so in Scripture. And we see the example of this in the New Testament. Um, so I, I think we would disagree there. Um, but we'll go ahead and dive right in. We'll start going through his video. Let me get it up here on the screen. Many people who revere the Ten Can you hear that, Sean? Yeah. Commandments don't think that the fourth is particularly important, let alone binding. Once you understand it, however, you will recognize how life-changing, even world-changing, the Sabbath commandment is, and you will begin to appreciate how relevant it is to your own life. The fourth commandment reads, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. Do you know what virgin that is, Sean? Oh, I, I didn't look it up. I don't know. Okay. Why? I was just curious. Like, there's some... He, you know, residing in your towns. No, that's a big deal. It's just, it's unfamiliar to me. In yeah. Um, Probably w- a very modern translation. I, I want to say that, because um, the way I'm typically used to it is, uh, nor the stranger within your gates. Yeah, that's how I'm used to it. And I believe within your gates 
Um, if you look, it's normally used in the gates of the city uh, in the Old Testament. So um, that might be there the interpretation that's going on here. It's like, oh, well, it's the gates of the city, aka it's your your towns. Um, but I, I don't know specifically. I didn't I didn't look up the translation. Okay. Okay. Why is this so important? First, perhaps more than any other commandment, it elevated the human being. How so? For nearly all of human history, life consisted overwhelmingly of work. In effect, humans were beasts of burden. This commandment and only this commandment changed all that by insisting that people cease working one day out of seven. Second, more than any other command. Yeah. Um, I I already think he's starting off on the wrong foot here, um, where he's, he's elevating it in regards to man. And I'm not saying that this is to the exclusion of man. Um, but really, we should start with God. And why has mm-hmm. God commanded this? Um, the, so it, it's it's a commandment with dual dual purposes, essentially. You have it um, so that the people are to rest for the purpose of the Lord, to remember um, what he's done, uh, that he's created, and he led them out of Egypt, out of uh, slavery. Um, but also for their own rest. I do think that's that's an important aspect of it. Uh, but through this entire thing, we're not going to hear anything about the, the Godward aspect of it. It's only going to be focused towards uh, towards man. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It's, yeah, there's, the spiritual aspect of it is largely missing or completely missing. I, I can't remember later on if he talks about the spiritual aspect of it, but in terms of this being a day of worship, no, none of that is here in, in Prager's understanding. He's just seeing this um, as it relates to society. How is this better society? How does this better people's lives? And that's the merit that he sees out of this commandment, not because the commandment is about God. Now, like you said, there there is a dual sense to the commandment. Jesus was very clear that Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So there is a practical benefit to the Sabbath. But we also know um, in other places that there is a greater spiritual um, and ultimate uh, typological sense where the Sabbath is pointing to, and it has practical implications for worship. We worship on the Lord's Day. We celebrate when the Lord rose from the dead. That is the New Testament Sabbath, and and we believe that the fourth commandment is binding because the, the moral law is still binding for us today. Um, just applied differently due to the fact that a lot of the commandments surrounding the Sabbath were positive commands and not part of the moral law. Though those can change while the moral law remains the same. So he, he doesn't talk about any of that. There's there's none of that concept here. It's just how is this what are just the practical implications for society? And yeah, he's starting off on the wrong foot in that sense. Amendment. The Sabbath day reminds people that they are meant to be free. As the second version of the commandment, the one summarized by Moses in the book of Deuteronomy states, remember that you were slaves in Egypt. In other words, remember that slaves cannot have a Sabbath. In light of this, I might add that in the biblical view, unless necessary for survival, people who choose to work seven days a week 
are essentially slaves. Slaves to work or perhaps to money, but slaves nonetheless. The millionaire who works seven days a week is simply a rich slave. Third, while... So I guess you could find some, again, you could find some merit in that. I think that, you know, someone who is working all the time, I think is going to become a slave to their work. Workaholics tend to be addicted to working all the time and can't seem to to take a break anywhere. Um, and that's certainly not good. But again, this, this is not, uh, I don't think, an implication that you can find in the text that would say, well, you know, you shouldn't work because, you know, you were working all the time or something like that. Um, I think that's problematic. Um, again, the freedom as it relates to the fourth commandment is a spiritual freedom, right? It's ultimately about a spiritual freedom. It's about the rest that we have in Christ as uh, we find our heavenly rest um, with regards to the Sabbath. Uh, you can uh, see this very clearly in Hebrews 4, 1 through 13. And I want to take the time to read this here because I think it's important to our discussion. Hebrews 4, 1 through 13 says, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For we who have entered that rest, as he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And this is referring to the Israelites in the wilderness. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, in his in this passage, he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again he appoints a certain day, today, saying through David so long afterwards, and the words already quoted, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works, as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him whom we must give an account. So there is a greater spiritual aspect here, right? The Israelites were really being seen as that typological aspect of the church. And then even before that, we see God creating the world in six days and wrestling on the seventh. But the writer of Hebrews is saying this is pointing forward to our heavenly rest, which is found in Jesus Christ. And that's really what the Sabbath day is about. There's kind of this already, but not yet. There's kind of this double typology here. You have a typology from the Israelites and God resting, but you also have a typology of us resting now by still honoring the Sabbath because it types what is going to be the anti-type of in heaven when we find our full rest in Jesus Christ. Um, so really the, the idea found here that he's trying to emphasize with regards to work as enslavement to you Okay, that, that might be the case, but that's really not what we see from Scripture when we're talking about the Sabbath day. Yeah, and there's there's a number of things wrong with that as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. Um, a, 
we're we're described as slaves to God, you know. Right. So it's, it's not yep. as if we're we're not slaves. It's just our master is a, a good master, right? Um, who, who does allow us to rest. Um, and the same could be said for any other earthly master, right? Who gives us a day off? Um, so it's 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 not about us not being slaves. Um, it it is in some regard about resting, and that's that's good, but. Um, there's far more to it and to, to limit it like that. It's just, you're, you're missing the point. And, and I think it, he's reading this with an American lens, right? You know, we can't talk about slavery at all. That's a problem, you know, and, and mm-hmm. it, it's the same way. I think that, um, you know, there, there were African-Americans who applied Moses's story to their plight. And I think misapplying it, um, you know, as it relates to slavery and freedom, and that's not what the story was about. They were not in view. Um, I guess you might be able to relate to them, but we have to remember that uh, there is a, a specific context for those particular things. And and that's what we're seeing here with prayer. We're, we're taking a passage of scripture that was really meant to be about worship and type, you know, referencing what's coming in Christ's returning and just applying it to the temporal world and saying, that's it. There's not really nothing else to do. It's just a practical application of a commandment doesn't really have anything beyond that. There's no transcendent meaning really beyond it. Yeah, if you wanted to look at the story of the Exodus and take away from that God helps the downtrodden, um, I guess that would be okay. But I don't know how specific the uh, the the slaves in America were relating to Exodus. Um, like I, I've heard things, but to be honest, I don't. I never looked into it enough. Um, so there, there's principles to be gleaned, but um, to a one-to-one application is yeah, one-to-one application. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There might be some relation there, but certainly applying this as if this is mm-hmm. some sort of well, you know biblical sign yeah. of your of your situation when yeah. the text doesn't afford that. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. Um, the the Old and New Testament never promises deliverance from slavery. No, um, even, even with the Jubilee year and the slaves going three, right? Free. You might never live to see that. Right. Um, so the, the Bible never promises deliverance from slavery. It does promise uh, freedom from spiritual slavery. Yes. That we are enslaved to sin. But if the sun sets us free, we will be free indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, so to to only look at the earthly um and say like oh well exodus promises me freedom from slavery that's that's not true and right. the new testament would would have slaves to submit to their masters and not even um there's no promise of freedom from that right uh, but that's 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 fine because that's not the freedom we're ultimately seeking yep yeah we're seeking freedom in christ we're seeking spiritual freedom and and that's where true freedom lies um yeah even even in the old testament after the Israelites were brought out of slavery, they were still allowed to have some sort of slave system, right? It didn't abolish all slavery. It was regulated, and there were quite a few rights that were given to slaves. But slavery as a concept wasn't eliminated <laughs> just because they yeah. came out. It was it was allowed under the old covenant system. Um, and so this idea that somehow slavery is in contrast to the Sabbath day is a ridiculous notion. <laughs> the Sabbath day was given under those ceremonial laws. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, uh, before you begin, Dan, yeah. I heard a little bit of the echo, I think, 
from uh, your computer speaker coming through the microphone. Um, oh, okay. I was, I was I'll hearing when I when I play the video. Okay. the Bible cannot universally abolish slavery, the Sabbath commandment greatly humanized that terrible institution and even helped make slavery impossible. By definition, a slave owner was under no obligation to allow a slave to ever rest, let alone to rest one day every week. Yet that is exactly what the fourth commandment commanded. Even a slave has fundamental human rights. Therefore, a slave, too, is a human being. Okay, so he kind of addressed the slave thing a little bit. So he recognizes that slavery was still something yeah. that wasn't abolished completely. Well, but he says that it fundamentally undermined it, and I just, I don't see that. I don't see case. that either. I mean, Say, he, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was still allowed. I mean, it was... I don't understand what made it impossible. That would yeah, be a question yeah. I'd like to ask him. What do you mean by that? Because yeah. yeah. it, it was certainly possible. There's specific commands on how you treat slaves, but it was never said to free them or get rid of them or abolish the concept yeah. of slavery. They were. It was how they were treated that was really regulated and um, discussed. And then even in the New Testament, Paul doesn't say to free your slaves. He tells them to uh, treat them well, right? Treat them fairly. They were not to be abused or misused. They were to be treated as fellow image bearers, um, and they were to be treated uh, fairly. So, Yeah, he says there that um, the commandment implies that there are fundamental human rights, but fundamental human rights doesn't equal not slavery. Um, for doesn't example, equal Ameri the American system, necessarily. No, no, well, <laughs> When we when we say slavery is biblical, we are not defending the American system uh, necessarily. No, 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 no. For for example, um, a lot of that slavery was based on kidnapping of Africans, which right, the which the old covenant specifically forbade. Yeah, yeah, you're not allowed, and, and the New Testament even says that you're not allowed to man steal, um, which is the the term for that. So th this is not a defense of what was going on there necessarily. Um, oh, but he says that. Uh, this has uh, this implies fundamental human rights, but fundamental human rights doesn't undo slavery. Um, the commandment to not murder implies that I have a right not to be killed unjustly, and yet that doesn't mean that I, I can't be a slave. Um, so I don't I don't see the connections. Like oh well, slave masters can't do everything to their their. Um, they're slaves therefore not slavery like it, it it doesn't make sense to me right yeah that i think that's exegetically put back onto the yeah. text and it really doesn't have that much to do with the the fourth commandment no he's only deriving that because yeah the text says that yeah. you guys were slaves in egypt so you should rest and then he's yeah. making one. all these applications that you can't even draw by good and necessary consequence one one of the texts says it. the other one says uh because the lord created the heaven and earth in seven days um so it's not even necessarily depends on whether you're reading in deuteronomy yeah. or exodus yeah. yeah and honestly the the way i read deuteronomy what it's saying is because god freed you he did this thing you are to keep the sabbath holy unto god it's a form of worship right god yep. did this for me i'm going to worship him it's not a complete denial of slavery all over the place it's saying god has done this great thing for me i appreciate him i will keep it um and the other form in exodus 20 is just saying 
Um, God blessed the Sabbath day. Therefore, he made this holy and I'm supposed to keep it holy. Um, so it's honestly, it's a, a form of worship towards God. Again, it's primarily about God and secondarily about us. It's not, um, it's not a, it's not for us unto ourselves. Yeah. And even it, when you look in Exodus ourselves. chapter three, I think it's Exodus chapter three, when God meets Moses and talks about bringing the people of Israel out, he wants to bring them out so they can worship him. Mm -hmm. It's it's not mm -hmm. for them strictly, right? It's not, um, be, I'm trying to think of the word he used. It's not just because of their plight, right? Mm -hmm. Sure, he had compassion on them. It says that he's heard the cries of the Israelites. He cares for them, but it was ultimately for uh, worship. And I think Moses even went to Pharaoh and was like, we need to worship God. He's called us to worship him. Please let us go into the wilderness that we may worship God, right? So it was this entire enterprise of leaving egypt was ultimately for the purpose of worship it wasn't merely for the freedom of the people from slavery yeah i think i was going to bring this up later but i'll just bring it up now um i'll quote here from leviticus 23 3 mm -hmm. six days shall work be done but the seventh day is the sabbath of rest and holy convocation you shall do no work mm. therein it is the sabbath of the lord in all your dwellings so it specifically says it's a convocation. Now, what, what's a what's a convocation? Um, I'll, I'll jump a little bit ahead in the same chapter. This is verse 23 um, of Leviticus 23. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath, a memorial, blowing of trumpets, unholy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein, but you shall offer an offering made of fire unto the Lord. You can see that this is in the context of worship. They're going to have a memorial of blowing trumpets. It's people gathering together for the, um, the worship of the Lord. Now this, this second quotation I did was not specifically about the weekly Sabbath. It was a, uh, a special Sabbath, but regardless, um, it seems that when the word convocation is used, it's, it's a gathering for the purpose of worship. Um, and that's, that's what we would expect. Um, honestly, this is where the, the synagogue system comes from. Why is it that Jews, um, even in the even today, but in, in the New Testament times, gather in synagogue on Saturday to hear to hear the Torah read? It's it's because it was commanded. Um, it's it's there to, to gather and worship to the Lord. And that's one form of it. So um, none of that is, is brought out anywhere in here. It's all about, well, this will this is pragmatically going to benefit man. And that just misses the point. And honestly, um, you're under condemnation. If you make the Sabbath day about how it will benefit you, that's not honorable to the Lord. That's not keeping the Sabbath under the Lord. Um, it's keeping the Sabbath under yourself. And that, 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 that's offensive. It's not holy then. Yep. Thanks. Exactly. And, and that's a pattern we see with prayer going outside of, Exodus for backing up his claims is not something that he does. I don't think I've ever heard him do that in this series. I like occasionally he'll quote the alternate form in Deuteronomy, but no, he doesn't really. Yeah, he's, it, he's not. I, I guess I should say outside of the Ten Commandments. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He's not going to other uh, verses and doing intertextual analysis and mm -hmm. trying to. Yeah. No, just a very simplistic understanding of this passage, which and, it, you know you you would expect of him someone who's supposed to know the torah very very well um should not make this mistake you would not expect him to anyways so 
I'm going to be charitable for a second and then I'm probably going to take it away. Um, <laughs> I understand that he's doing this for a non, uh, uh, I want to use the word unchurched, but he's, he's Jewish. So it, it doesn't really make sense. And on, um, they're not familiar with the Bible and um, they're not necessarily believers. He's doing this for a, a non believing audience. Um, and it's not like he wants to make a 20 minute video. These are five to 10 minutes in length. They're not that long. Um, so I understand the constraints he's under, but maybe that's part of the issue in the sense of yeah. if, if I'm limited, if I've limited myself and I'm just trying to, I'm trying to show why you should keep the 10 commandments as quickly as possible. And it's because they benefit you. Like you've already, it's wrong. It's just wrong. Um, yeah. 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 If you're going to do this, you got to take the time to flush it out a little bit to be truthful. Right. Mm -hmm. Or you're going, I mean, I guess, <laughs> I guess I could do a presentation in five minutes. And really the problem is that he's, he's, uh, he's trying to present it pragmatically. And I, yeah. I guess I could do it in five minutes where it's not pragmatic. This is the law of God. Um, This is what you're supposed to do. You fail to keep it. And that's why you need Christ. But we have yeah. very different, different views on what the purpose of the law is. Right, right. Fourth, the Sabbath almost single-handedly creates and strengthens family ties and friendships. When a person takes off from work one day every week, that day almost inevitably becomes a day spent with other people, namely family and or friends. It has similar positive effects on marriages. Ask anyone married to a workaholic how good it would be for their marriage if the workaholic would not work for one day each week. And you can appreciate the power of the Sabbath day. Fifth, oh, the Sabbath commandment granted animals dignity. So, again, he doesn't come out and say it, but he does sort of imply with the whole uh like there's the image of um you know, you'll spend time with friends and they're playing games which I'm, I'm not necessarily saying is wrong but i do want to uh at least bring into the conversation uh, isaiah 58 13 um if thou turn away thy foot from the sabbath from doing thy pleasure on my holy day and call the sabbath a delight the holy of the lord honorable and shall honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. And then he goes on to say um, how the Israelites would be blessed if they did that. Um, the point being that the Sabbath is not about you. You're not supposed to be doing your own pleasure on that day. Now, he didn't come out and say, like, oh, this is a day for your own pleasure. But it is sort of implied, or at the very least, not, not guarded the way that I would want to guard it. Um, like, oh, the Sabbath is about, you know hanging out with friends or at least like now you'll hang out with friends now you'll be with your family um and i'm not saying that you can't do that on the sabbath but it's a it's a it's a fine line between doing that and the sabbath becoming about doing your own pleasure um, if that makes sense yeah no that makes sense um if we do those things which i i think you can uh, do recreational things on the sabbath uh in a restful way that's consistent mm -hmm. with the day and um that as long as it doesn't interfere with worship i think that's the most important thing um again he doesn't touch on on corporate worship in this video it, mm -hmm. it's very just hey how does this benefit me 
it's very hedonistic in that sense um in that it's how can how can this benefit me as an individual my family and those around me to make all of us better um but yeah that's a good point that you bring up about doing what we want on the sabbath day um that the sabbath is not about us uh, yes it was made for us it, it has practical implications jesus is clear about that but it's ultimately about god and it's ultimately about worship and our confession says that we should be doing acts of mercy on the sabbath too we minister to our brothers and sisters in christ different ways you can do that um you know being in the house of the lord is the best and primary way to do that we're teaching one another through psalms hymns and spiritual songs we're uh, fellowshipping with one another lifting one another up we're checking in on each other's lives seeking the practical needs of each other um, and that's how we we are fulfilling the sabbath day and these other external things become secondary and are not the primary you know going to a football game on a sunday is, is not as important to me because i want to be in the house of the lord worshiping and doing acts of mercy for people of god and as i'm doing that i don't have much time for other things you know those things just kind of go by the wayside and are done um in a secondary nature so that's the attitude we should have um, yeah. towards those things on the lord's day yeah could you imagine the person who comes and says oh i need to be resting i'm sorry i can't <laughs> i can't come and worship the lord today or yeah oh, right. I, I can't help this person i can't do acts of mercy because you know i'm supposed to be resting today um at a certain point, something's become flipped on its head. That's, right. That's clearly not right. The whole point was about the worship of God. So, like, how is it that you're now, like, the rest is has become contrary to that? Um, right. It, it's, it's very, yeah, it, it's definitely very different. And then, you know, the, there's the discussion around, you know, what constitutes correct work. Mm -hmm. You know, it. You and I know this, Sean, from our, being in our own church. Sundays are very busy for us. You know, yeah. there's not a whole lot of rest um, from yeah. in just a pure restful sense for us. You know, we're setting stuff up for the service. We're picking stuff up. We're helping the, the people in the church. Um, and, and there's a lot of work there. It, it's kind of exhausting at the end of the Lord's Day for yeah. us. Yeah. But that is a good type of work that is ministering to the people of God. We're doing acts of mercy to the people of God. We're helping the people of God um, and our, and our elders and our pastor to be able to focus on preaching the word and, and do what he's supposed to be doing. Um, so that's a legitimate form of work, mm -hmm. um, but just, you know, doing your job because you want to make more money on the Lord's day when you shouldn't be, or, or whatever the, that case might be in an act of non-necessity um in that respect uh would not be appropriate you know yeah. there, there is a very clear command not to work on the lord's day and we shouldn't be doing that um we should as best as possible seek to be in the house of the lord and to hear the word of god preached um and again we we're very careful with our language about necessity there are times where you know you have to work on the lord's day or you have to uh do certain things that prevent you from coming in we our church would call that providentially hindered right there, there is a legitimate place for that. And Jesus actually gives an example of that um, with regards to an animal falling in a ditch, right? Animal falls. I can't remember this. But it was something around those lines, like a ditch. If an animal falls in, do you just leave it there? You know, no, you pick it up. You do what you got to do. You do what's necessary, right? You don't be so stringent that you forget just those practical matters. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, Christians, especially in the Reformed world, there's, you know, you know, all kinds of different views on the Sabbath, but that's really kind of the core um, aspect of, of what the commandment means.
city. Even now, this could. I'm going to rewind a little bit. This is kind of an. I thought it was kind of a weird section, but yeah. Uh, all right, here we go. Commandment granted animals dignity. Even one's animals had to rest one day a week. It is, to the best of our knowledge, the first national law in history on behalf of animals. And its benefits to animals surely went beyond a mandatory day of rest for them. People who felt divinely obligated to give their animals a day of rest were much less likely to treat their animals cruelly any day of the week. Now, all five of these life-changing... Yeah, pause it here. ...has nothing to do with how you treat animals. Zilch. So, <laughs> it makes it does make sense from his, his view, because he's, he's just said how the Sabbath commandment implies the dignity of human beings, and if animals are mentioned in the same commandment, then it would have to... Right, extension. from that line of reasoning, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but... It's not about animals, and I find it, <laughs> I find it sad, but in some regards hilarious that we don't have much of a mention of God. I don't even know if he's mentioned God at this point yet. Maybe he did, and I've, I've forgotten. But we don't have a mention of God anywhere. No, we're talking about the dignity of animals. Like, <laughs> like what, what? Um, and I'm not sure exactly how the old covenant was exactly for animals because part of it was just killing them and bleeding them out and eating yeah, them. And yeah. <laughs> like it, how it's much almost, dignity for animals going on? There? It's almost like he's trying to to swipe in the vegan crowd or something here. Um, <laughs> uh, like I, I don't I don't understand. Um, what, but uh, I, I did want to bring up one uh, one passage. Uh, this is the New Testament, so I recognize that he wouldn't necessarily recognizing it, recognize it as valid, but um, it's the Bible. It is scripture. Uh, yep. Whether he recognizes it or not is, <laughs> is irrelevant to me. Um, and, and the background to this is there is a, uh, a command in the law that um, if, you're, if your uh, ox is, is treading on the grain, don't muzzle it. Allow it to eat as it's treading. Allow it to eat as it's working. Um, but this is... Um, first Corinthians starting at verse nine and I'll, I'll go a little bit here, but hopefully it'll become clear why I'm doing this. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ, our Lord? Are ye not ye my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you for the seal of mine apostleship are ye in the Lord. Mine answer to them that do examine me is this. Have we not power to eat and to drink? Have we not power to uh, lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles, and as the brethren of the Lord and Cephas, or I only and Barnabas have not we power to forbear working. Who goeth a warfare any time at his own charges? Who planteth a vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof? Or who feedeth a flock and eateth not of the milk of the flock? Say I these things as a man, or saith not the law the same also? For it is written in the law of Moses, thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of an ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care for oxen, or saith he it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap you carpenter? Reap your carnal things. If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? 
Nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. So um, hopefully Paul's point is clear here that um, he's saying, I, I do have the right to partake of, of carnal things. Not that I'll necessarily use that because I don't want to hinder the gospel, but I do actually have the right to do so. And he points to the law and he says, we have this law, the 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 ox as he's treading um, is allowed to partake of what he's treading from. And he brings up the point. It's not about the animals. It's about the spiritual point to us. And it's the same way with the Sabbath command. It's not about the animals not working, at least not in entirety. It's pointing to the fact that this is supposed to be a holy day and no work is supposed to be done. Even the animals, that's, that's setting it apart as a holy day. The bases, you know, well, he 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 said that me and my wife couldn't work, but he didn't say my donkey couldn't work. It, it, it's it's avoiding loopholes, no, right? It's, it's, a, it's trying to cover all the bases yeah. here. It's a creation ordinance, right? So right. all all creation should participate in it, but that's pointing to something for us. It's not in of itself just remaining there, right? Um, so I, I'm not saying that the Bible doesn't say that we shouldn't take care of our animals or be kind right. to our animals. There's other places I, I could go to prove that. But um, you've missed the point if you've made this about animals. That's not the point of this this uh, commandment. Yeah, it's a very odd entry into uh, this yeah. video. And again, uh, <laughs> again, it's, it's, it's absolutely stunning that we don't have much of a discussion about how does this relate to God, but we do have a discussion of how <laughs> this relates to animals. I know, it's... It's it's backwards, man. It's backwards. And society changing benefits of the Sabbath are available to anyone. You don't have to be a Jew, a Christian, or even a believer in God to derive all these benefits. Uh, well, well, if it's about worship, then absolutely you do. Because <laughs> God doesn't accept false worship from pagans. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Ooh. Well, that like, kind of goes back to his his under his Judaism um, is is very inclusive. You know, you, you don't even have to be a Jew to go to heaven in his understanding. You just got to be good enough. Right. You don't even have to convert to his to to Judaism. Um, so that seems very consistent with his fundamental yeah. belief systems. Because uh, for me, it's like, OK, so I have these mild benefits from not working one day a week. Right. Like, what good does that do me in, in the eternal sense, right? Right. Like, if I've spent, been spending this entire time not treating the day as holy, but basically not working because it'll make my life better, like, <laughs> what what good does that do me before the throne of God? That's into you know? any ultimate good. <laughs> yeah. Like, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow you die, you know? That's, yeah, yeah. That's all this is. Yeah, no. Main. You, You've completely, you've no completely hope. missed the point. Um, and it, it will only bring curse upon you because you've treated, you're treating something that was supposed to be holy and made it about yourself. Yeah. The reality is that those who believe the Ten Commandments were given by God are the ones who have kept the Sabbath alive. The God factor plays another role in the Sabbath. The God factor. Just as faith in God brings people to the Sabbath, Observing the Sabbath brings people to faith in God. Uh, no, it's actually the other way. Well, you should be having faith in God before 
you start observing the Sabbath. That's that's yeah. the point. I don't uh, know. The how Sabbath you... does not bring anybody to God. Um, it, it might, you know, if if an unbeliever comes to your church on the Sabbath day and hears the gospel and they're saved, okay, that I guess was a means that God used to bring someone to faith, but. Its primary instrumental means is worship, and God does not accept worship from wicked men. Yeah. It's that simple. He said it's very clear in the scriptures that God does not hear the prayers of the wicked, um, and those who uh, who do not love him are not accepted by him. Yeah, keep playing. I forget that what That is probably the first was. version of the Ten Commandments. The version in the book of Exodus ends with these words. For in six days God made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore God blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. However you interpret six days, and many Jewish and Christian believers do not translate days as 24-hour periods. Uh, yeah. So that this, I mean, I think um, Ben Shapiro would take that view, I think. So, um, uh, In terms of the view that it, it wasn't six, really six days. I think it takes an evolutionary view of creation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is actually one of the proof texts I would use. One of them, not not uh, it's not the only one, to prove that the twenty four hours days or the days of Genesis are twenty four hour days, um, because day is used in the entirety of the commandment, and it doesn't make a distinction there. You know what I mean? It would be very odd for it to. Uh, be talking about uh, six days shall thou labor and um, uh, the seventh day shall thou rest. And then all of a sudden talk about undefined periods of time using the same word in the same I'm context. I'm going to rest for millions of years, Sean. Yeah. Like that would be, that would be, it, it, it doesn't fit. Just read, read Exodus 20. It doesn't make sense. Right. Um, now I know that he has to do this because he does believe in millions of years and such. But, so Prager does believe in evolution? Uh, well, I guess I, I haven't actually heard him oh. say that. I, I'm just assuming so. Oh, okay. Um, uh, yeah, the fact that he brings this up, I think, kind of indicates he's, yeah. he's either not convinced or he he's trying to <sighs> well, I mean, accommodate he, all the other views in his tradition. He might just be being – I don't think so. I think he probably does. But if I were to read it as charitably as possible, he might just be being pragmatic again. <laughs> and um, like, well, some people might not be convinced by this, so I'll I'll, I'll make sure that I don't. Um, I'll, I'll leave this. Anybody. I'll I'll uh, use this as uh, let this escape option be here. Um, <laughs> but this is the reason for him saying that he just quoted from the second part of uh, the the fourth commandment to prove the fact that the Sabbath will bring people to faith to God. But you'll notice it says for. In seven days, uh, the Lord made the heaven and earth, or four and six days, the Lord made the heaven and earth. Um, it, for they're operating as like a because. Why are you to keep the Sabbath? Because this is true. So you're yep. supposed to keep the Sabbath in light of God. It's not causing you to come to faith in God. That's that's to have flipped it on its head. No, because we want to worship God. That's why we keep the Sabbath. So he, I don't think he he actually proved his point that this will bring. Keeping the Sabbath, keeping the law apart from faith in God will bring you to faith in God. Right. Yeah. It, again, another bizarre thing that he's interjecting in here as 
he goes along with this video on the Sabbath. It's just like he goes down this infinite rabbit trail and you're like, whoa, stop. Don't don't keep going down that hole. Don't keep going down that hole. <laughs> but he keeps going down the hole. The point is this. Every time you keep the Sabbath, you are affirming that there is a creator, that the world didn't just happen, that life isn't some meaningless coincidence, but that it is infinitely meaningful and therefore each of us has a unique significance and purpose. Not bad for one day a week. Hit pause. No wonder that. I think he's trying to smuggle something in that he didn't prove because the entire time he's making this about you. And then at the end, he's like, oh, well. Well, it's transcendent, you know. You're, yeah. you're, by doing this, you're affirming a creator. No, in the way that you've talked about the Sabbath up until this point, you can do it without affirming there's a creator. Right. So it doesn't follow that all of a sudden, okay, I'm going to keep the Sabbath and all of a sudden I'm actually implicitly giving affirmation to a creator. Like, I don't think that follows at all, at least the way you presented it. If you wanted to present it as this is a holy day unto the Lord, then yes, if you're to keep it, you are at least in some sense giving giving affirmation to that. But you don't end on that note. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if he like, it's, it's almost like he's presenting it one way to make it as palatable to to men as possible, and then at the end he's trying to smuggle it in. But the way you made it so it was palatable prevents you from smuggling it in, right? And, <laughs> like it's it's no longer about God, and if it's not about God, if an atheist were to keep the Sabbath, then he's not affirming faith in God, it's just, right? Like, it, it it just doesn't make any sense. The Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments. No wonder that those who have it in their lives are often happier with richer family lives, more serenity, a community of friends, and yes, are even healthier. You might want to give it a try. I'm Dennis Prager. Give it a try, Sean. You know, and if you don't like it, you can return it after 60 days. You know, it, who cares? Hey, give it, give it a try. No, this is a lifestyle. You know, if you're a Christian and you believe in Jesus Christ, you embrace these Ten Commandments, you're going to live this way. This is what defines you. You know, it's not something that's going to be on the fringes that you try and then I throw it away when, and it doesn't work. Um, yeah, again, very pragmatic, appealing yeah. to man's sinful desires for sure in the way it's presented. Um, it'd be nice... <laughs> You know, well, this makes you happier, healthier, and and better family lives. I mean, can you? Sh you'd kind of have to just show that with some kind of statistical. I feel like that's just more of a um, sentimental, yeah, affirmation. It rather reminds, than anything else. It reminds me. I used to go to a very liberal Lutheran church, um, and I remember one time the uh, pastor was saying that they did research, and then people who who pray regularly oftentimes are more peaceful or th there was some health benefit to it. So she was saying you should, you should pray for this health or, and receive this health benefit. Uh, and it's like, but that's not the point of prayer. The point right. of prayer is to petition God for things. Like you, you've completely missed the point. If you're like, Oh, well, I'm going to pray. I don't And, Theoretically, you don't even need to believe in God if you're going to do this and there's some theoretical health benefit. Like, you, you've missed the point entirely, and it's it's a lie. Like, this doesn't give glory to God for you to 
just just okay i'm gonna rest and receive all these these health benefits and i'm not even necessarily saying that there aren't benefits to just resting one day yeah. a week like right. i don't i don't necessarily Absolutely benefits to it disagree with that but that's not the point and like it's offensive if the point is of the fourth commandment is about god and you've made it about man that is horribly offensive to god right yeah. like I, I don't know anybody who would disagree with that um like it, I, I i don't know you know um like so no i i, I anybody who practices the sabbath commandment onto themselves because of whatever benefit it will give them i call on you to repent and to re read the scriptures yeah. and to look through and understand what is the sabbath command is it about me getting rest is it about or is it entirely about me getting rest is it about me improving my relationship or is it about god is it about god and the worship i give it to him setting mm -hmm. this day apart as holy because god is holy um and I, I, I pray that you would look into that and um, and see that this is not um, this is not what the Sabbath is about. Yeah, yeah, we, we have to start with God. We have to be sure we're not replacing him with anything else as that's idolatry. And once you do that, you know, God is put by the wayside when you start with man um, and those priorities are not correctly aligned. Um, so it's even something that's seemingly insignificant. Uh, to most people, like the Sabbath day, is infinitely important because we are talking about the worship of God. Um, and that's just what's missing from the first four commandments that we looked at from Prager. The worship of God is not his primary concern, if at all. Um, and we're trying to show you that, no, it is the primary concern, and everything else flows from uh, our worship of God and our understanding of God. So, well, we hope this has been helpful. Um, so we'll continue through this series. Um, I th we have a ways to go through the Ten Commandments, but uh, hopefully we'll continue through this series. But thank you for joining us today, and everyone have a great Lord's Day and Sabbath tomorrow. And uh, we'll, Lord willing, see everybody next week. Take care.